You're listening to Being Well with BU, a Bournemouth University podcast. Hello and welcome back to Being Well with BU. I'm your host Ella and I'm joined by my regular co-host Kerry. Nice to have you again Kerry. Thank you very much, it's lovely to be here again. (laughs) And we're joined this time by Veronica. Veronica is one of our mental health advisors at Bournemouth University. Veronica, can I get you to just um, introduce yourself and um, tell us a little bit about what being a mental health advisor means and what you do? Yes, hello, thank you for inviting me, first of all. So I'm Veronica, one of the mental health advisors at BU. Um, I've joined BU actually not long ago, it's been about three months. Um, So my main role consists of uh, working with students who are in receipt of um, DSA um, uh, on the basis of mental health um, difficulties and have been awarded a mentor. So I have regular meetings with students um, and have a look at any kind of uh, barriers that they, may, that they might find as a consequence of having a mental health uh, condition and help them keep on track with the studies. So we look at strategies, we look at uh, the well-being is going, uh, how the balance between well-being and university life is going, etc. So we discuss some targets, um, And uh, I also work closely with other services as well. So um, if there is any particular need that needs to be addressed, I can also make a referral or work together uh, alongside other agencies as well. Brilliant. Thank you, Veronica. So we're back in lockdown again, lockdown number two in England. Um, Have you seen that having an effect on the students that you talk to at all? Uh, Yes, I have. Um, I think lockdown has actually impacted everyone and and uh, um, and actually I think that it's good to, to start by talking about this as well because it allows me to bring in a little bit of normalisation around how we feel about COVID. Um, since uh, COVID started, um, everyone's life has been affected, obviously in different ways, maybe to different extents. But definitely it has an impact on anyone. Everybody's priorities have changed as well. So now that we have a second lockdown, some memories from um, the first lockdown have have come back. So it's almost acted as a trigger. Um, So for those um, students, but not only students who have an underlying mental health condition, obviously uh, that presents additional challenges. Some symptoms might be exacerbated by the situation but I think it has impacted everyone Um, and if I may I would like to mention briefly um, a model um, which I think might help understand why he has impacted on everyone and that is a model that um, in psychology and in counselling is really uh, popular has had lots of um, applications and that is Maslow's hierarchy of needs So that is a model that basically explains uh, how um, human needs are organized in a hierarchy. So we all are motivated by a number of needs. And uh, he uses a pyramid or or a triangle to represent these um, needs graphically because they're all organized according to the complexity. So the very bottom level 
we have the most basic needs, which are the physiological ones. So the need for, for rest, for warmth, for food. And then as you go up this um, triangle, you find the most complex ones. From the psychological ones, such as needs for safety and security, to those um, so to the need of long love and uh, sense of belonging, and then you have the need for self-esteem, so anything to do with accomplishment, uh, confidence, and then at the very top you have the self-actualization, which is basically that point where any kind of uh, potential is becomes a natural skill and is the point where humans can express themselves, uh, live a full life, where they can um, be creative, etc. So why am I mentioning this? It's because with COVID, some, some people who might um, usually be on a level, for example, let's say the self-esteem level, because of all the challenges, the contingent challenges, might have slipped down one or more of these levels. So let's take an, as an example, those who have, might have lost a job or those who might have had a longer term um, health impairment as a consequence of COVID. But those people, obviously, having to face different needs, um, you know, that means that any other needs on a higher level have been impacted too. So I think it's really important to, to understand that because what we need to really um, promote as a culture is the self-kindness understand that, that it is okay to feel scared it is okay to feel anxious uh, because this is a, a really particular situation that we've never been um, in before and it is really important to practice self-care it is really important to have a healthy balance uh, between uh, work or study commitments and, and other aspects of life it's really important to make time for relaxation as well and also there are some uh, events that have completely changed the meaning so for example going out and seeing people which was previously associated with um, having a sense of connection doing something fun has now become a threat it's now become something that triggers some negative emotions so every everybody's perception as well of the same events might have been affected by COVID. So it, I would say it's a huge impact. That's a great answer, Veronica, and I think really helps people to to, to think about that Maslow's hierarchy of needs in a way that, you know, uh, helps understand around the impact of COVID and, and why people might be feeling the way they're feeling. And I, I'm really pleased you've mentioned self-kindness and, and being kind and, and accepting and it's okay um, has been a little bit of a mantra for these podcasts over uh, through the previous lockdown as well. So you're connecting it beautifully. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have to try that. I was about to say the same thing. We've, we've said so many times before, um, that it's okay to be okay and it's important to to keep that in mind through this um so that's that's beautifully put Veronica thank you aside from the um the self-kindness element that you discussed there what else would you kind of what else are you recommending to students to, to help them at the moment uh, yeah, so first of all I would say it's really important to monitor the amount of time of exposure to uh, the news or to any kind of information related with COVID. Um, so, um, for example, it, it might be really important to control 
How many times a day do you want to check the news? How many times a day do you want to check the numbers? That's really good. It, it might really reduce the anxieties around COVID. But also, it's really important to learn to differentiate facts from opinions and real news from fake news. Because fake news are purposefully created uh, in a very clever way uh, to um, trigger an intense emotional response. Because that way, it can spread rapidly. So it's really important to um, develop a uh, critical approach, which is always good in life anyway. But in particular, in this in this situation, when a student reads something, I would say question it. You know, who's wrote it? Why is the source reliable? And uh, and like I said, it's really important to differentiate facts from from opinions because they it can be really really a good first step in taking control of things. And another thing as well, and again, I might bring psychology back in in, in mentioning that, is when we um, uh, judge or make sense of things, we tend naturally to use internal criteria. So in regards to COVID, what happens is that we might overestimate the number of people that behave exactly in the same way that we do. So um, so let's let's take an example. If a person follows all the rules, is really careful with, with the hand washing, with the physical distancing, respecting the rules, then they check the news and they realize that there are another 20, 30, 40,000 cases. The first reaction might be, oh, everything I'm doing is absolutely useless. You know, this is a completely out of control. But the truth is, do we actually know the story behind each single person who's got the infection we we don't and that is the key point we will never know so the best thing to do really is to keep doing what is comfortable keep following the rules you know being assertive and just uh, focus on what can be done uh, to protect yourself and others Some great advice um, there, in particular to the overwhelming amount of information that is is being um, spread around um, by people who you might trust, and you might think, well, they wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. So a really good way of maybe reflecting on uh, what it is you're hearing and and how reliable that might be. I, I have a question, um, Veronica, because I think. Um, as you know, students come into the university for the first time. So it's a big transition to university and they've come into university and there've been some, some quite significant restrictions in place around how they can um, socialize. So things like the freshers fair, we were, you know, we weren't able to do at the time because of the, uh, the, the need to be able to be safe and, and the sort of compromises that would have needed to be made. And I'm just wondering about um, what advice you would give to students around feeling isolated. Um, particularly in a new place, in a new university with living with people they don't really know that well um, and, and not having their local support system with them. Yes, so I will first of all change the, the language and the culture around social distancing. I think that uh, it might be a good idea to change the concept of social distancing to physical distancing because words are really, really powerful. So just by thinking and talking in that way, 
we can realize that actually uh, the virus shouldn't stop us from being connected to other people. What we're talking about is a physical distance to stop or slow the spread. But we are indeed the social animals and we will always be and there will be no virus that can you know, impact on that. Um, so it's just, um, I would say it's really important to be creative and find other ways to connect with people. We are lucky enough to have really good technology, which is fast in which you can connect to people. So uh, even though it might not be exactly the same, um, it might be a good idea, for example, to, to connect with social media um, because, for example, during the first, lo- first lockdown, there were lots of games and, and quizzes going on between people. Also, I would say if somebody, um, for, those, for those students who share a flat or student accommodation, it might be a good idea to do some activities together, whether it's having a meal at the same time or watching a movie or playing some games, but also talk to people because sometimes you might find that you share a hobby, you share an interest that you might not know. So that, that also can uh, increase the, um, the connection. Another good idea might be to, for example, revise together. Uh, and that's particularly key for those who are on studying the same subject or are doing the same course. Um, and uh, instead of revising alone, uh, it might be a good idea to just kind of exchange information, exchange learning, and just to have that kind of connection. And actually, that is not only helpful in creating a connection, but it's also going to help the learning. Because by, by revising, by teaching each other, um, one person can be, again, more aware and can, can reflect as to whether they are confident with the topic uh, or if they need to improve and, and learn a bit more they also can uh, organize the ideas that as they talk and as they put them in words but also uh, they can the memory can be can become more uh, strong because they will repeat um, so that's another thing um, and then um, if if uh, then a student is is not in a situation where they, for example, live in a, in a in a hall or with other students, and maybe they are alone, or maybe they are with families, then again, I would suggest the team building team building activities. Uh, I know that some faculties organize this this kind of uh, activity, so that's really good and it takes also the pressure off because it's not necessarily task orientated. It's just a a space for people it's almost like a nice break and really for, for, for students to to gel and bond together uh, another thing that could be done is to access the library um, and uh, the library is currently still open even though uh, even with the with the lockdown so that's actually a really good idea and uh, and it's also good to get back into the sense of normality allocate learning to an environment which is not the kitchen table or the bed uh, you know, we should never underestimate the impact of um, physical environment on learning. And in terms of accessing uh, resources on the BU website, there, there are lots of links to the agencies. So again, that would be really useful. So even though some services might not be open and up and running as they would normally without the without the pandemic there are still lots of information there are many apps as well and the apps are really good at uh, making people independent because they can be accessed through their phones or any type of devices that's great advice thanks veronica and actually flipping it on its head to look at a positive i've heard quite a few people say that actually 
our kind of moving our lives more online has made it easier to connect with um, their course mates in some respects, you know, particularly if they're living at home or um, or they're international students, actually being able to connect with anybody over Zoom or Teams. Um, I think some people are finding actually quite nice and a, a, a perhaps slightly more social experience than they might have had ordinarily. So I think it's um, important to, to look at the positives actually that come out of this as well. Yes, and of course, everyone is an individual, so uh, COVID will impact different people in different ways. So some people uh, find it easier to, for example, learn on, from an online platform, especially if they have, for example, social anxiety. Uh, others will miss that kind of routine and the idea of being in a room. So it's, it's, it's always pros and cons, and it's all always down to the individual really but yeah i agree with you is that you know every crisis can be seen either as an end or as a new beginning and if we look at it as a new beginning then there is an opportunity to reinvent ourselves and just find uh, different ways to overcome an adversity because the adversity is still there so rather than uh, you know just being negative about it it's always good to um, think okay what can i do and trying to uh, come up with some strategies I really like that. I, I really like looking at the sort of new opportunities that things bring. Um, it's just interesting you're, you're talking about the sort of the fact that we all have much more access to social media and access to, to sort of IT, which enables us to have that connectivity um, and not wanting to, to be negative. Sometimes that can work in another way in which it becomes quite a big distraction. And I'm just wondering what tips you may have for, for students who are um, finding it very easy to procrastinate um, or to be um, tempted to maybe, you know, look on their social media rather than sort of spending the time and commitment they need on maybe some of the deadlines they've got. Yes, uh, procrastination and organisations are quite a common themes, I have to say. Uh, in my uh, practice, I, I find that that is quite a common thing. And, then, and also the motivation and the focus as well. Uh, I think it's really important, first of all, to, to clarify, uh, you know, what procrastination is, because procrastination is often uh, seen as a uh, time management issue. In, whereas in fact it is a, a, an emotion regulation uh, issue. Of course, because there is a, a delay uh, in um, carrying out an activity, it can also impact on time management, but that is just like a consequence of it. The main thing is that it is difficult to manage the emotion which is attached to a certain task. So first of all, it might be really a, a good idea to um, change the focus from the emotion, which is attached to the activity, to the activity itself and, and the action and its meaning. And also asking um, uh, oneself, why, why do I need to do this? You know, how does it fit in my longer term goals? What is the advantage of doing it? Uh, so again, it's kind of doing, still doing the, the, the task by trying to turn the negatives into the positives. But also, uh, it might be helpful to move the focus from the emotion uh, related to the immediate present to um, the near future. So how am I going to feel after this task will be done? What am I going to do with the time that I'm going to save by actually sitting down and doing it? So again it's it's really important to uh, train the attention and train the focus that's really key 
Um, another uh, advice I, I would give is um, to do um, effective planning of the day. Um, it's really important to have some uh, realistic targets um, because when targets are too easy, then they're not challenging. So again, the motivation goes down. But then if they're too hard, again, uh, there's no confidence. Um, so there's no, there's no motivation. So it's the same problem. So it has to be the right balance. And when they are achievable, targets are, can also be um, implemented consistently. So what happens is that the student might feel more motivated before they do the task and then more engaged while, engaged while they're doing the task and they're more rewarded at the end. So then the mood might be impacted positively as well, which means that next time they can set a, a slightly higher target, for example. Um, and also, I would say it's very important to take regular breaks. Uh, some of my students, for example, they like to have a very structured um, uh, kind of alternance of study time and break times. They use the Pomodoro techniques. Others don't like to have such a structure, um, strict structure around breaks. And that's fine. It's not really, uh, the, the key point is not how much time you allocate to breaks. It's what kind of breaks do you take? Because it's really important to take the right type of breaks. So if somebody is studying, uh, in, and staring a screen eight hours a day, then probably having a break and scrolling things on social media is not the best idea because from a cognitive point of view, you're still putting pressure on your brain, you're still putting pressure on your eyes, and then you, it's just the content which is different that you're focusing on, but actually you, you're not going to feel refreshed. So if possible, and if the weather permits, it's always best to go outside for a little bit or do some stretching or do something physical, you know, the, the change environment. Again, environment is really important. If you are in one room, go to another room to have your break. It's, it's as simple as that can make a difference and can help the focus go back. Um, and I will say also it's really important to make time for self-care. I, I, I mentioned it uh, previously when I was talking about COVID in, in, and self-kindness in general, but I will say specifically for students, there are some very simple techniques that I can share. Um, one is the color coding timetable. So, for example, if uh, for those students who might like to print the timetable, they might want to schedule some activities in. And what I would suggest is to use a very different colors one for anything which is work or uni related and one for anything which is like free time hobby or anything which is not university related so why is that useful because the visual contrast the two different colors can give an immediate feedback um, as to whether the day is balanced or not and then is a good self-assessment opportunity to say oh actually that's not really balanced now i can do something about it i can i can make more time for self-care or maybe I'm procrastinating too much, I'm gonna take I'm gonna make a bit more time for uni, etc. Another another uh, useful thing is to make a pie chart. Uh, with some of my students I make pie charts. So so I encourage them to create a pie chart which represents um, the different things that make an average day. And I ask them to keep some so, some form of proportion so they can have a look at different sections and see what they typical day is made of and again is a self-assessment is a visual impact and immediately uh, you can realize whether there is some change healthy change that you can implement those are really fantastic tips Veronica thank you for sharing those I think I know we were talking um, predominantly about students there but 
you know what, some days I procrastinate like crazy. And I think those, um, those will be some really useful strategies to help me focus on my work. I agree. I think we're, we're quite visual people, most of us, where we, you know, when you see something very often that can help you understand why it is that maybe you're feeling unbalanced and that you're, you're tired or your eyes are, are tired or you feel that you can't concentrate and, and proportioning sort of, you know, the self-care element in that I think is, is really helpful. Um, I, I absolutely bet not many of us do that. And I think we'd all be quite shocked at the moment, you know, with everyone working so hard in, in how little time is there for self-care. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to do that myself and encourage others to do it. So so thank you for that. For sure, and I think the screen thing, particularly. I mean, I'm very very guilty of of using my breaks to scroll through social media. But actually, you're completely right that that isn't um, that isn't giving my brain an adequate break. So yeah, that's um, good takeaways for me. So are there any other themes that are coming at the moment from the work that you're doing, Veronica, or any areas that you feel that we as ourselves, but also maybe, you know, in supporting others should be doing or, or could be doing to, um, to help improve our well-being? Um, I would say uh, the stress has definitely increased. Um, I think sometimes we absorb... Um, information about COVID and even if it's not a conscious level that might still impact maybe on a subliminal level and it does cause stress so again I think it's really important to um there's one one metaphor I I use sometimes with students is the stress bucket so looking at at stress as a bucket and uh, sometimes there are many stresses that we cannot control or we cannot stop so it's really important to um just to make some time uh, for for self care and and make sure that the the we open the tap so that you know there's always a good balance of what stress goes in and what kind of strategies can let the stress out. I think one thing that might be really helpful is actually uh, being aware of own triggers, being aware of own early warning signs when it comes to mental health. So it's really it might be general, it might not necessarily be related with COVID, but I think um, it is really good to to develop that type of self-awareness as well and try to stick to a routine, really. I think that's really important as well. It's really easy to um, have the routine uh, changed as a consequence of lockdown. Uh, there was a very interesting study uh, in psychology uh, quite a long time ago, which basically... Um, the volunteers were put in a room um, and uh, in, in this room there were not clocks and there were not windows so people didn't know what time it was and they didn't have a sense of the time passing what, what they noticed uh, what the scientists noticed was that um, people uh, started to uh, go to bed later and later and to wake up later and later so the whole body clock basically um, changed um, so for somebody who might be in self-isolation, uh, obviously, you know, this is just like an extreme example. We, we will still be able to look out the windows and, and, and stuff. But I'm just thinking for somebody who might be in self-isolation for two weeks, they might have a change in the body clock. And actually some of the students I've been supporting who needed to self-isolate um, have noticed this change. So I would say it's really important to try and stick to, to a routine, try to wake up consistently 
at the same time, try to have regular meals, or try to have exercises at least every day for 20 minutes, you know, as a start, uh, and then ideally build from there because all these activities will impact on energy level, will impact on mood, will impact on motivation and so many other aspects as well. So I would say the routine is also another key area. Can I just ask you about triggers? Because I think it's a really good point, but I just wonder how people will recognize what their triggers are and whether you've got any sort of uh, tips, I guess, or, or any experience that would help us all recognize what our triggers might be. Yes, so um, it might be a good idea to monitor the sleep and the eating pattern, for example, or um, um, the the level of um, of isolation and uh, a loss of interest, for example, in in certain activities. So, one thing that might help is to write a diary. Um, because that, uh, again, is the self-assessment element, which I think is really key. Um, it helps uh, look in, in, you know, in the longer term, monitor and look in the longer term of whether these activities, this as- aspect of life change. Um, but also, uh, sometimes the way we perceive things are not necessarily the way things are. So having a written record is also a good idea because then you might want to ch- share with your friend or with the GP or some professionals and then they can actually have a look at the actual number of hours that you're sleeping. Um, of course, number of hours doesn't mean good quality. It, 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 there are t- they are two different things. But sometimes um, the, the perception might be different from what the actual um, amount of sleep or amount of food or amount of energy or exercise might be. So, so I think that's, that's quite um, key. Um, we are uh, just about to, to start winter, to go in, in winter. Uh, winter is a trigger for many people. There's a, there's a form of mood disorder called seasonal affective disorder. Uh, we are obviously... Um, entering a time when the, the the nights are getting longer so the and the weather and the fact that there are no many things that can be enjoyed outside also can have an impact so i would i would encourage people to uh, monitor these these areas as well the lack the loss of um the decreased performance in terms of uh, work or studying or the grades that also might be an indicator of something is, is changing. Um, so there are many really indicators, but I think the key thing is to learn to to listen to uh, ourselves and, uh, and become aware and, and have that kind of self-discovery process. Um, Carl Jung, psychoanalyst, used to say that who uh, looks outside the dreams, who looks inside the wakes. Thank you for listening to Being Well with BU. You can find more Bournemouth University podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from, or for more information, help and support, visit us online at www.bournemouth.ac.uk.